I am more powerful than you can possibly imagine. What's that? Well, I can imagine a million sharks. Could you beat a million sharks or would that be beyond you? I... I have never fought a shark before. How about an elephant? No. A bloodhound? I have fought Cerberus himself. Okay, now we're getting somewhere. Cerberus is roughly as difficult to fight as 10 sharks, I reckon. So you're about as powerful as 12 sharks? I am far beyond such petty things. Let's say a 100 sharks and call it a day? This is ridiculous. I am not confined to such petty bonds. I can defeat anything you dare to muster. I could grow a 100 hands and impale you with a sword in each one. Is that right? Because I have a million sharks! Go! Bitey, fighty, toothy, grinner, swimmer, flinger, boomer, zoomer, tuna, luna, schooner, gooner! Ah, no, no! Boom, bloom, room, doom, blade, flayed! No, this is simply too much! Ray, day, night, light, bright, right, sprite! I am doomed! I am. Did, 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 you, did you say sprite? <laughs> into the intro you reckon oh whatever yeah just do it we'll do the we'll do we'll talk how about that fucking brilliant plan for an audio <laughs> podcast <laughs> welcome to the get commanded podcast by the greensboro commander community it's the gcp by the gcc helping you to have better games of commander i am your host walt and hello commander players i am your slightly cleaner vocally corded uh other host james <laughs> that one did seem distracted a little bit i uh, hope your throat's not uh, yeah after this is a lemon tea lemon tea yeah. yeah yeah well deserved i'm sure we'll be talking for a uh a decent chunk of time it seems to be the average these days we're sorry if you're, you you prefer the 40 minute podcast episodes we seem to be averaging more like an hour i think that's totally okay i think it depends on what what topic we get thrown by the space commanders that's which true. we should probably find out what our commanders we should week. so we still do have a backlog but uh, we're, we're working through them we've got the second one uh back here it's an incoming transmission from the deep depths of the galaxy, from the space commanders. It's time to get commanded. It is likely that you are mistaken about CEDH. Knowing what it is will help you to find it or avoid it. Oh, this this is the episode. Yep, this is your, your time to shine. I'm really happy about this one. <laughs> I'm pretty excited and a bit nervous because mm. I'm... Look, we have just recently really dipped our toes into the realm of CDH, so we're by no means experts on this. We're not even experts on Commander, really. We've, yeah. we've been playing for a few years and that's it, but CDH particularly, we are not experts. So <laughs> if the Space Commanders can forgive us for our um, novice approach to CDH, I'm we'd sure, be I'm sure they'll be able to. Uh, look, I think the Space Commanders are probably asking at this us this one because there was a couple of questions that we didn't get to in the q and I'm sure that upset them a lot actually well, there wasn't just a couple there was a lot there were a lot of <laughs> questions so we're still getting through some of those and some of them are going to feature entire episodes uh thank you to david for this one who asked uh what new things did you learn during the cedh tournament at good games greensboro do you think it should be its own format so yes we did host at our local game store 
a uh, CDH event. It was proxy friendly. Yeah. Um, we had a 16 person bracket. So there was sure. four pods of four. The winners of that game then played a final match. So there was sort of like a prize if you won your first round and then a prize for the, the big winner who won mm-hmm. the second round. Which, um, if you recall back to episode maybe 10 or 11, the play of the week was the game winning I think um, it'll be 11, the second, yeah, yeah. Q&A part two, yeah. We, yeah. we talked about that amazing mulligan from Andrew. Andrew yes. went down to three cards in a CDH tournament yeah. and, and had Cavernous Souls, Ginger Brute. They are the only two cards you need <laughs> to win a commander game. Um, it is confirmed. Apparently. apparently. So look, we, we, we've mentioned that it's not going to be our, like area of expertise so immediately i'm going to refer to some other information that's not coming from us on what on earth is cdh because cdh is competitive elder dragon highlander we all play elder dragon highlander aka commander so competitive edh is not a separate format it's just kind of a separate way of playing so i'm going to go straight away into um a little guideline here from a fantastic resource that I found when I was looking at this episode, which is cedh.guide. That's the entire URL, which I think is super handy to remember. That's yeah, for sure. it's very easy to remember. Um, it's, it's managed by some really outstanding CDH minds, uh, including... Oh no, I blanked on his name. There's that guy who used to be a voice actor. Uh, David's going to kill me. He's like... David's like his biggest fan. We'll put it in the show notes yeah, if we I guess remember. We'll, if we yeah. remember, we'll put it in the show notes. Anyway, CDH.guide says, this is its description of what CDH is. CEDH is a metagame and mindset where, one, all strategies are accepted. Two, decks majorly affect the game as early as turn one. Three, players only make plays that help them win. And four, proxies are encouraged. How, how do you feel about that as like a description of what you've played of CDH? I would say it's pretty bang on. Yeah. And it's interesting because I'm trying to now think back to the question that David asked, which is, should it be its own format? Mm. And I'm going to hold off answering this question until we get to the end, because I want to discuss the details of this question. But already that kind of says that it shouldn't be its own format because it says one of the things that i really love about what it says it's a meta game and a mindset not a format not a format yeah. it, it runs by the same rules and regulations same ban list as commander mm. it doesn't say you can play the power nine yeah it doesn't say that you know they're like you can run these banned commander cards it's mm. not a different format no no i, I don't think so either and um, look we'll, we'll get into it when we sort of break down um, what, you know, what it is that CDH even is. Cause you know, the, the space commanders told us they, that we're likely mistaken about it and we need to know what it is so we can find it or avoid it depending on what we, what we feel like doing. I like how they said to avoid it too, because I yeah, think some people are yeah. not going to want to play, right? CDH uh, it's not going to be for them. Yeah. Some people would rather play planes chase and never win a game of commander in their life <laughs> and just play funny games. <laughs> I feel like you got someone in mind maybe when you're describing that, but me? Maybe. <laughs> I love Planes Chase, man. As long as, again, Planes Chase isn't a different... It's kind of a different format because it introduces a whole new game rule. But it's know. still Commander. But That's it's a different mindset and a different meta, right? I don't know what you would what you would call Planes Chase. Because I agree, like, you're still yeah. using all the same rules as Commander. You just have an extra, like, factor, which is Planes Chase. Extra game mechanic. I guess you'd probably call it plane Chase Commander. And then that's kind yeah. of, like, the sub-format. You could play plane Chase Pauper if you really wanted to. It works the same. Oh, my God, could you? you we we can do it horrible. after this if you want. <laughs> <laughs> I love the, the two mindsets here. James is like, let's do it after this game. And I'm like, no. It's already, it. it's already getting a bit late for Walt. <laughs> 
was. Like, I don't want to be on a plane where every creature spell is turned into a no. zero one goat. No, I, I'll talk about CDH instead. <laughs> um, look, they they said they did say at Space Commanders that they thought it's likely we were mistaken. So we're going to um, myth bust in this episode. Yeah, I, think, I like it. I think let's let's go for like things that we think people get wrong about CDH often, and um, the one that immediately comes to mind for me mm. is. I don't think CDH is that common. I don't think it's as common as people sort of make it seem like it is. I feel like when you're at a game store in particular, you hear a lot of people being like, yeah, I've built this really, really strong deck. Yeah, it's like basically CDH. You've heard that sentence before, I, right? I have heard that CDH term thrown around with decks that I've looked through. And even just by looking at the cards included, not actually seeing how it's piloted or seeing its win con, just like quickly seeing like what their board state looks like. I'm seeing them run things like um, a, uh, a, f- a Thran Dynamo, for yeah, example. that's just like, and I'm like not going to cut it. No, that's not, that's not fast mana. Yeah. Um, which uh, we've defined before, but we're probably going to use a lot of definitions in this episode. Yeah, well, about... do you want to define fast mana? That's yeah, probably a good one. Yeah, for sure. So fast mana is generally considered um, mana acceleration, so ramp, as it's more commonly referred to in Casual Commander, but that generates more mana than you used to cast it or get sure. it into play. So, so great example, um, Mana Crypt. It is yep. a zero mana artifact that generates two colorless mana. Yep. Solaring is also considered fast mana because yeah. it is one colorless mana to produce two. So it pays for itself and accelerates you. Solaring is one of those funny cards that actually manages to be playable in, well, casual <laughs> and CDH, which is kind of interesting. It's yeah. probably because it's in like every precon. And like, it's cheap and accessible, well, which that's is the, the thing. big thing. Because like, it's really not that different from Mana Crypt, except that they don't print Mana Crypt in every precon. <laughs> yeah, and Sol Ring has never killed me in my upkeep. No, <laughs> that's... Thank you, Sol Ring. Yeah. I'm not doing that to us. So, be like Sol Ring. <laughs> <laughs> be like Sol Ring. Be printed oh, and be imagine. accessible. No, I, I totally agree with you. I think when we're when we're in the store, people start to say, like, throwing the, the term CDH around. Yeah. I feel like they don't give it quite the weight that it deserves. Because when I think CDH... Yeah. I think the CDH deck database. I'm sure you visited this before. I have. It is, yeah. it, it, and it is literally the 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 name database is really a, a crucial thing it's in that. It, accurate in this case. Yeah. yeah, because I think that CDH is one of those things that's like like the standard meta in MTG. Yeah. People know what the meta is. They know what decks perform the best because mm. of the cards that are involved. Standard is a bit of an easier one to quote unquote solve because there's less cards. Mm. Um, it's only the most recent sets, but Commander is like extensive. It's it's all of Magic's history. I don't know that there's a format with as many cards that are legal in it as Commander. I can't think no. of anything that no. has a, that, that many legal cards. Well, that's interesting. You compare it to Standard because I would say that like if you're you know playing on Arena or whatever and you throw a deck together. You could conceivably come up with a deck that works in the standard meta, right? Like you yeah. could you could kind of go like, oh, I'm always running into these decks that are running red and green. What if I played all this counter magic and kind of played this control strat? I could draw mm. cards like this. Like you could conceivably kind of game the meta in your own little way. And brew something new. Yeah, yeah. but the commander like number of cards that are available to you actually ironically means that it's harder to find the best possible deck, right? Because the, the cards that you need to pick are Still 100, you know, like in a standard deck, you got to pick 60 cards. Minimum. In Commander, it's 100. So it's like a similar number of cards, roughly. But the Commander, like you're spanning all of Magic's yeah. history. And so the, the database, at least for me, in my opinion, is basically like 
the collective solving of each commander yeah. for CDH specifically. Yeah, it's actually so complex that there are people that have written theses. Theses? Thesi? What's the plural of thesis? Octopi. Oh, there are many papers <laughs> with words on them at a university <laughs> level that actually explain magic and magic's interactions yeah. and, and like how... It's a complicated game. It is ridiculously complicated. And that's why this database uses hundreds, thousands of data points mm. of CDH games, different interactions, yeah. all of this kind of stuff, because it is such an expansive format it, mm. it, like you said the most expensive i can't think of another one yeah no i can't either i think we should probably briefly describe like what you can expect from the database um because we're sort of like seeing its praises yeah. but so basically like if you visit this this uh, website i think it's like cdh-database just like google cdh-database we'll put it in the link yeah we'll we put will. a link there it's the it's the first one to pop up on google as well but um basically you will get a list of for one it immediately shows you like every cdh viable commander basically it'll just list them by color and then when you click on each of those commanders, it will show you two to three decks, like examples of it, that typically have at least one or so primers. So descriptions of how the deck wins and how it operates. And if you've never read a primer for a deck before, it is usually the most detailed rule zero conversation you can give a deck. Yeah. It, like, it, it explains how the combo works, how the win con usually gets off, yeah. what turn to do things on. It, it's very detailed. Imagine if you like handed someone a deck like you're lending someone one of your commander decks and rather than just be like this is vaguely how it plays you explained the role of every card in that deck mm. that's like vaguely the level of detail you're talking about when you talk about the cdh database it's and, like extensive yeah and you think oh yeah but then it's not going to be that detailed because they're going to be running however many basic lands my cdh deck has five basic lands in it. <laughs> yes. so like it's so crazy <laughs> to even get your head around yeah it's it, and it's a two color deck. It's not mm. even like a five color wombo combo deck. It's yeah. like it's it's Niv Mizzet Perun Curiosity mm. Control Combo. And notice how I said Niv Mizzet Curiosity Control Combo because that is one of the ways to solve Niv Mizzet Perun as a CDH commander. Mm. That's probably the, the most common. Definitely the most common. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. But like the second you say that. To a CDH player, they they know what cards you should be running. Which is actually a lot like a format like standard, right? You get mm. people who say things like, oh, it's Jun food. Yeah. You know, like you're talking about Grixis colors. Grixis midrange. Yeah, Grixis midrange. These are like descriptions of the kind of cards you can expect in yeah. the deck. And CDH is so solved that, that you get um, decks that are called things like there's cards like um, uh, Timna Farm. Timna Farm is a yep. common one. Yeah, common like one. that's a really good example. Um, it's like like blah blah food chain. Because that's just how you win is with food chain the card. I think one of the ones that I really like is Turbo Roger Tevish. Um, which is <laughs> oh, because they call Rograk Roger. Yeah, yeah, I really yeah. like that one. That's a really, really fast and aggressive. Um, yeah, that's like an ad nauseum kind of thing. Yeah, well, it's like we're already doing it. Like yeah. right now, we're already using the lingo because yeah, like the, we're talking about some of the people with the most knowledge of Commander as a format are the ones who are making these decks. So yeah, I, I will immediately say like that when we say CDH is not that common, we mean like if you throw your absolute best cards together and your absolute best deck building skill together, you probably are not even close to a CDH database deck. I'm, I'm not trying to be mean or anything no. like that. Like, we're talking about the best cards in Commander's history. And it's difficult to scratch the surface. And I am actually um, kind of guilty of saying that I have a CDH deck when my Niv Mizzet Perun deck plays CDH and it can compete there, but it isn't the absolute tuned CDH deck that 
it could be. Yours isn't like straight from the database. No, it's no. not. I have a lot of... Well, as, as we've spoken about before, Niv has evolved from a really janky build to... You to, played it against my first commander deck ever. So yeah. like that was the power level it was sitting at. <laughs> at, at, at. Once upon a time, yeah, it was just a baby. And then slowly but surely it's built up. But now it's now that I know that I'm only playing CDH with it, I know what cards shouldn't be in it. Mm. Like there are some certain things in there at the moment that I'm like, okay, I need to really think about this. Like one of my cards at the moment that I'm really considering cutting is actually, and you're going to be shocked at this, is actually Underworld Breach. Wow. For those that don't know Underworld Breach, one in a red for an enchantment that gives every card in your graveyard escape, and the escape cost is equal to its mana cost, plus exiling three cards from your bin. Yep. Now, and at the end step, you have to sacrifice it. Correct. Now, um, Underworld Breach is a combo card with a card called Brain Freeze, yep. which is one blue mana, you mill, uh, mill three, and Storm. Storm. Target player mills Target three. Target player mills three, Storm. Storm. So yep. basically, you can mill everybody out. Um, and yeah. mill but yourself you, out. you mill yourself first, and then I think you use like Lion's Eye Diamond, so you just card your yeah, hand to keep generating to mana. mana to keep on doing and you gen- and funnily enough, you generate infinite mana with that combo as well. Um, oh yeah, because you, you generate three more than you need. But I think you, you can't you, you can't infinitely escape the Lion's Eye Diamond though, because you need three cards in your bin every time. So I don't think it's infinite Correct. mana, but it's a it's a lot. <laughs> it's a complicated combo. But the yeah. thing is, I don't run Brain Freeze. Right. So it's in there as a bit of a value card for me at the moment. But yeah. This is the thing. CDH doesn't really do value. It does mm. win con and like each card has a very specific reason for being in there. Yeah. Exactly so that's why right. when we said, you know, you read a primer and each card is explained. That's what we mean. Each card is explained. Yeah. And and look, I, I think the, the thing that a lot of us will start to do is we start to recognize the cards that we see a lot in CDH. Um, especially if you start watch game gameplay videos, and it's very easy to fall into this trap of going, "Oh, if I see that card, I'm playing against a CDH deck," and yep. it's it's unfortunately just not the case. It's sometimes people play Tharsis Oracle in their janky mill decks, and that's just like a win con that they like to play. Because sometimes you can mill yourself close enough and just get there. Yeah, some people might play like um, uh, Mox Diamond, the one that makes you discard a land card, because yep. they're playing a Lord of Windgrace commander deck. Oh, that's and they amazing. Wanna, they want to reanimate yep. that land back, you know, like that's the value they're going for. So, like, the the, the thing you got to keep in mind is the CDH database is literally like the decks that when you load them up, it's going to be like 98 cards and then like four cards you can swap into that last two spots. Like you're not talking about brewing a deck. You're talking like this is the deck. You can tweak it if you like. Yeah. And that's the point that I've gotten to with Niv as well, I think. I think I've now seen that I've gotten too many tweaks and I'm now deciding which tweaks I want to take out to put the real cards in. Yeah. If gotcha. that makes sense. Because you also, you don't proxy any cards in your CDH That's deck. something I'm really proud of, Which actually. It's totally fair enough. Yeah. And like, I think it's really sick that you've managed to like yeah. trade your way into all of these cards and like buy them from people. I've got everything. a foil chrome marks in there now. Yeah. I've, I just got force of negation. Yeah. Um, Do I've you got have every free counter spell that you need now? Every free counter spell. Yes. Cool. Yeah. That's sick. That's yeah. so cool. That like, you know, you're, I know for instance, you don't have Mox Diamond. Which would just be like an order, yeah. including the or LED, either lines or diamonds. Oh, and then you could I'd... probably keep the um, brain freeze, the brain freeze under which is what I think I'm gonna lean to more more towards of because it's I'm like an alternate win con for the deck. Yeah, I mean I, there are definitely more alternate win cons in that deck now. I, I actually got um, the Glint Horn uh, Buccaneer. Yeah, I was playing other. in that. game. You were in that game. Yeah, <laughs> it was. I was because that was one of those games where I was like, I am locked out of this game, but. 
I have an alternate win cunt. Yes. <laughs> yes. But we, we should clarify, like, the, the thing with the proxies, the reason I mentioned it is because, yeah, that CDH.guide, the thing that they said is, like, CDH is specifically proxy-friendly because if you were to buy a deck, oh, like yeah. a top-tier CDH deck, it's not always going to be, like, uber-expensive, but you're probably going to spend a minimum of $1,000. Minimum. And that's, like... That's... And some of them are going to be more, like, like 10000 Yeah. And, like, minimum is, like, the monocolored cards that don't use dual... The monocolored commanders that don't need dual lands and stuff like that. Yeah. The second you go into two or three color, mm. the mana base fixing is yeah. so crucial. And we all know fetch lands fetch a high price dual yeah. lands fetch a high price the really expensive chrome mocks and all those moxes that you know they're all really expensive yeah i just think it's yeah I, the, the the proxy friendly aspect to cdh is something that i really value mm. as i don't have any proxies i'm not saying that oh i'm better than i actually just really really like the fact that my deck has a story that's all i'm yeah. saying with my deck. i mean we talked about this before i forget which episode we talked about it but you know i i think you're, you're like a real avid trader of cards i think it's something that you like seek to do a bit more than i do i enjoy and... having the connection with people yes in the cards. And, and so yeah like i think you really enjoy like yeah. being able to look at that card and be like hey i remember i traded you know stubs for that yeah that like, force of negation right yeah for example my um uh my uh, oh, the the creature from Innistrad, the new Innistrad that f- disturbs and says non-creature spells you can't control can't be counted. Oh, uh, hermit, hermit, something hermit, malevolent, hermit. malevolent hermit. Wow, we got there. We did. Um, Only because was... I played in my wizard tribal deck. <laughs> <laughs> Kaza is mentioned again. Oh, we did it. We yes, did it. two episodes in and we got there. <laughs> um, yeah, I traded David for that. And I now every time it comes out, because David actually recommended me the card and said, I have right. one spare. Yeah. Um, and I was like, oh, I'd love to trade you for that. And we traded. Now, every time it hits the table, if I'm table, if I'm playing with David, he goes, hey, and yeah, it's like this cute little connection. It's yeah. nice. It's nice. It's true. So look, the, the main thing I was trying to get across there, we were both trying to get across there was, um, yeah, busting that first myth, which is, yeah, it's not that common. I, I think if I had to guess, I would put the number at like, five percent of the player base maximum who are playing cdh like let's keep keep in mind that the stats that sort of we wizards haven't released explicit stats but they've sort of made like general general assumptions which makes us assume they have some kind of stats they're working Mm. with which basically says like they know most people who play commander play it at the kitchen table they play it with people they know um they play consistently with the same people like this is kind of the way it's known and so when you think about those kinds of people some of them are playing cdh a lot of them probably playing with pre-cons and that kind of thing yeah i mean i mean just look at how much effort wizards has gone into making the commander format more prevalent Mm. um in printing you know more pre-con decks which is fantastic i'm a big fan of that but also more commander specific sets we've had commander legends twice now we're Mm -hmm. probably going to get a third Modern Horizons is also now really another commander set. So is Double Masters. All the Masters sets are now like more commander sets. So like we're really getting support from Wizards here for commander. However, in those sets that have been printed, there are only a couple, and I'm talking a couple of cards that are considered CDH cards. Yeah. Ragavan, probably one of them. Yep. Really, um, really good. An offer you can't refuse is from Nuka Penna, the, the one mana counter spell, counter yeah. type non creature spells, controller creates two treasure. That's considered CDH viable. Yep. Um, 
And We're struggling already. To yeah, think like, that. see what I mean? But how many, how much product have we had since, yeah, like, the and start of this specific year? form stuff. Like, this is how yeah. our solved CDH is. Like, and it's we get, in. thankfully, thank you, Wizards, by the way, for doing this. They are reprinting some staples in CDH, which yes. are bringing the price down, like Dockside yep. Extortionist just got reprinted. Yep. Didn't really touch its price, though, much. No, um, card's amazing. Uh, we've had fetch lands. We get, have shock lands have been reprinted in, oh, um, Infinity. That's in true. Infinity yeah, in yeah. really cool art. That's something they're else really CDH nice. players do is bling out their decks. They do, they yeah. do, especially if they're not proxy. Yeah, true. <laughs> Which is ironically when you probably should proxy. Yeah, because <laughs> you're spending so much. But yeah, so like it's really not as prevalent as you think, and it mm. just because someone plays a Chrome Mox or a Mana Crypt or maybe a Thassa's Oracle at your table. Don't accuse them of playing CDH because mm. their deck really might not be at that level. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we've got lots uh, left to cover. We have two more CDH misconceptions for you. But before that, we actually need to hear a little bit something about a new thrifty card. What do we say it's called? The thrifty interlude. Thrifty interlude. Thrifty interlude. It's it's nearly Halloween for us um, for, for the time we're recording this. I just, I just got <laughs> thrifty interlude. Thrifty interlude. That's going to really show how far in advance we're recording our How quickly we can <laughs> get this published. Yes, because, because I'm sure people will be like, what the hell? It's like December right now. <laughs> That's why I specified. Oh my word. Um, Alright. Do you want to read this card? I sure do. It's actually a really fun card that I love playing myself it's sepulchral primordial for five black black you'll get a creature avatar that's a five four it has intimidate and when sepulchral primordial enters the battlefield for each opponent you may put up to one target creature from that player's graveyard onto the battlefield under your control do you ever wish you could get the old gang back together, but you feel like you're missing a figurehead like you just need some hopeless numpty to lead the cause We'll get a load of this sack of mouldy bread. Look at the size of this lad. Built like a high school bully, except this guy has friends. The best kind of friends. The discarded remains of your enemies. Prepare for the most messed up conglomerate of ancient weirdos you've seen since that friends reunion. Get budget. Since that friends reunion. The one with James Corden. Is that that one? Yes. Oh my god. I mean, you're pretty accurate. Vulgar Primordial does just congeal a bunch of the best things of every deck, which usually yeah. don't synergize together <laughs> at all. He also does look like a sack of moldy bread. I'm going to go out, go out and look really? on that. I think so. I'm going to look know. up the card. I'm, I'm being a That's, weirdo. Yeah. I'm, I'm a weirdo. Uh, look, you can see some of these uh, weird monologues turn into videos over on TikTok at G underscore Commander Community. Um, but you'll also get uh, get to hear one every episode. So, so do um, chuck us a follow on this platform, whichever platform you're listening to it, and also on TikTok. Yeah, and can I just say, this is um, one of the first times we actually get to say on all platforms. You could be listening to this on YouTube or SoundCloud yes. or on Spotify. Oh, Apple Music, Ooh. fancy boy. We're, we're professional. No, we're really no. not professionals we're now. Still, we're still in Walt's room. Yeah, we're still <laughs> two boys and a microphone and a dream. But thank you for subscribing. Yeah, appreciate it. All right, uh, let's continue. What other myths do you want to bust about CDH? I, I've got one here, I mm -hmm. think. I don't think CDH is as fast as people think it is. Yeah, look. It is fast. It is fast. I'm not saying it's not fast. I think people, especially once they start hearing about a few games, start to think, you know, CDH is like a turn one format. Like you can win on turn one and you can. Because I've done it. <laughs> James I, done. I really had we've, to cram that in. We've I'm heard sorry. the story. We've heard the story. Um, <laughs> it's a good story. <laughs> but 
It's not the average. I actually did a little bit of research on this one. Oh yeah. I um there's a, there was a really good project that was done recently. I think it was called like the CDH um like format. Oh, I don't know. They did they did some sort of big like interrogation of the stats. They got people yeah. to submit their games. Insert kind of big acronym here. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Something like that. You can probably find it somewhere online. I uh, will put it in the show notes as well. But um it's a really cool table here. It's basically telling you, like, roughly, not roughly, the percentage of games and then which turn they ended on. Interesting. So, like, without looking at... Oh, no, you've already seen the table. It's too late. <laughs> I was going to say <laughs> that. We've we got the notes in front of us. We do have those in front of us. Um, so, look, the, the percentage of people who are winning on turn zero or turn one, according to these stats, is 0.39%. And these are CDH stats, so, specifically. So, what you're telling me, Walt, is I'm better oh than everybody. You're better than ninety nine point six percent of people. Yes, sure. <laughs> so I, I, again, I want to clarify that I I think CDH games are quick, and this mm. is this is something that's kind of blowing my mind. Looking at the data that you've pulled up in front of us, yeah, it's because I am a combo deck. I want to win as quickly as possible, and I I've got control in it, but I'm not intentionally slowing the game down per se so i in my brain in the games that i've played that i've won is quick but i've also sat at the table and experienced the rest of this data which kind of shocked me actually yeah i i, I think i might get you to do a little task here if you're listening at home and get you to sort of like think so we've told you it's not turn zero or turn one think about what you reckon the most common final turn is of a game of cdh in cdh well like i remember there was an episode while you while you think about this yeah. little insert um mm. um thinking music dun, 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 dun. <laughs> we went for the exact same tune um while you're thinking about this i remember command zone a while ago did a casual commander yeah they, of, they did a bunch of stats for yeah. themselves yeah and i think they found that the average game ended turn nine was it might have been I mean, eight? We don't have the stats in front of us, no. like, for that episode. But it was but around then. It yeah. was definitely around then. And that, that probably resonates with my casual games, honestly. I think so, too. And yeah. and definitely, because I always think, oh, turn eight is so early. But when you get into, like, turn seven and eight, turns start taking ten minutes each. Yeah. Like, There's so a lot to think about. A lot, There's a lot on the board. Yeah. yeah. So I kind of... I kind of see how that sits with my casual games, for mm. sure. I think turn eight, nine... Yeah. If there's, you know, ten, maybe, if there's a lot of board wipes. But... I hope you've had some uh, sufficient time to have a think about it. Because, Walt, do you want to announce the actual turn that is most common to win on on CDH? Turn five. With 18.22% of games ending on turn five. For reference, the next closest is actually turn six with 17.98%. So between the two of them, you're talking about, what, 35, 36% of games... Uh, ending turn five or six. So that's like yeah. a third of games that are going already that far... And then there's like a bunch more, like there's 14% turn 7, 8% yeah. turn 8. There's even a whopping, like they combine turn 10 onwards into 1. Turn 10 plus, yeah. Turn 10 plus uh, is like one part of this, these stats. And it says 7.29% are going that far. So that's like, that's a lot yeah. longer than I, in my head. I thought maybe turn 3, turn 4. Did not think turn 5 would be most common. And I did not think that 7.29% of games were going past turn 10. That's crazy. I didn't think so either. And honestly, when when you pulled this data up, my, my eyebrows raised quite a lot. Now I'm going to bust out some university level uh, mathematical analysis oh. terminology okay. on your asses. So the reason <laughs> I'm saying this is because there's um, what what I'm seeing here from the data in front of me is there's, there's a bell curve, which is we can immediately identify the kind of average middle ground of where things end. And we've found that to be turn five. 
Now, it's a tail-heavy bell curve, which is actually a terminology used in um, data analytics, which mm. I did study when I was at university very briefly. Yep. And it's a really interesting terminology because it means it's trailing towards one side. Because you can't win before turn zero, you can't get much quicker than turn zero no, in a win. So naturally, you are going to have a tail-heavy end. But it's a pretty hefty tail. It's 7.3% turn 10 plus. That's a lot. It's hefty, especially when we're looking at the other end of that bell curve, which is this 0.39%. For reference, turn two is 4.34%. Still tiny. Yeah, we're still talking more games going turn 10 plus than turn Turn two two. wins. Combined with turn zero one wins. Exactly. That's kind of nuts. And um, just for reference, the, the research that was done here had a sample size of nearly 1,300 games. Yeah. So this, this is it's like a substan- significant. substantial data set. Yeah. Substantial data set. And they, they talked about like they, they obviously all good data has a bit of like a caveat of like, oh, maybe, you know, these are some drawbacks that we have. Mm-hmm. And there was like a few ones of like, oh, um, they found that generally speaking, the person who uploaded the game was slightly more likely to win. So probably there was a small... They were only submitting the ones that they yeah. won. There's okay. probably a small number of people who were only submitting <laughs> yeah. games that they were winning. Um, but it could also be like a variety of other things. So look, let's... let's We've talked about the stats and they are really interesting stats. But let's try and think about why these games are going longer than we think they are. Do you, I can give you one from my personal experience. Sure. Stacks is a viable play style in CDH. Totally. And it sucks. <laughs> I... <laughs> It sucks so hard. James like, knows full well that my only CDH list is a stacks list. He's just looking me in the eyeballs and saying, it sucks. It, I, it sucks. <laughs> look, I, I've been locked out of many, uh, like I, I've won plenty of CDH games before, you know, before people have really started to set up and I've made them go, oh damn, I didn't even get to do anything. Mm. But I've also been locked out of equal number of games, yep. probably more games than I've won. Just because I can't cast my commander because there's a Drannith Magistrate. Yeah. All my non-creature spells, which, spoiler alert, there's a lot in my deck, cost seven more mana. <laughs> or, like, my lands don't untap. Or every time I play a land, I have to bounce one to hand. Or just, like, so many stacks effects in CDH are so playable because they're, A, low to the ground, mm. and, B, board wide. They affect everybody. Yeah. Uh, most Actually, if you're a really good stacks player, you play the ones that only affect your opponents. Yeah. Um, like Dranith Magistrate. How is that a card in mm. Commander? That what card's the busted heck? in CDH specifically. With so, so many different decks win in some manner through their commander. So yeah. if you just can't cast spells from anywhere other than your hands, which is what Jonathan Magistrate says, or your opponents can't yeah. cast spells from anywhere other than their hands, that's immediately turning off so many win cons. And it's two mana. It's one and a white. Yeah. It's also a one three. Like, it's not that bad of a blocker, even. No, it, yeah. it, it stops those two twos coming through. Yeah. No, so, the yeah, the stacks is totally viable. It's totally a legitimate win con. Generally, like, uh, my stacks list, for instance, is Yashan. Um <laughs> Which is a like two green white for is an elemental boar. <laughs> he's, boar. he's nicknamed the hate boar. Because, oh, okay, that, that's cool. Because yeah. hate bears is like the usual yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. The hate boar. Yeah, <laughs> love it. Uh, he's a, he's like a four mana four for uh, when he ETBs, you get a basic forest, basic planes to your hand. So it's also quite basic heavy of a deck, which yeah. is interesting. Um, but the most can't run back thing, to basics though because you ain't in blue. No, <laughs> I can't. That's that's, that's true. <laughs> Um, it, it, the important line of text is beneath that forest and plains bit. It says players can't pay la- life or sacrifice non-land permanents to activate abilities or cast spells. So your dockside extortionist is terrible now yeah. because you pay two mana for a one-two that creates a bunch of 
rocks that do nothing yes. for your treasure deck. is technically an activated ability so yeah. you cannot activate that ability oh uh, my god yeah because it's um sacrificing it to do it you also can't crack fetch lands which as james was saying is a really integral part of most yeah. cdh mana bases yeah it's it's really strong and and then like you know you have a couple of infinite combos i've got like the heliod and walking, walking ballista. ballista combo it's Love just like a, if you need to but mostly a stack deck in cdh wins through combat because almost nobody else is playing creatures. So you yeah. play your Yashan, you play your Draneth Magistrate, you play your, like, you know, uh, like, what's the three mana, like, flyer that's like a 2 3, the Nimble one from Zendikar? No, no, like, it's the players can only cast one spell a turn. Anyway, it's like a 2 3 flyer oh, yeah. stack. It's a rule of law. Effect, yeah, 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 basically. Um, so you just, like, go to combat. You're like, yep, swing at James for eight, swing at James for eight, swing at James for eight, because he can't do anything else. <laughs> My God. It, it's, it's one of these things that, like, when you're playing against stacks, you know their win con is war by attrition, and you know that you're getting into a game like that because you you know it, we'll talk about it in a minute. But like rule C, rule zero and CDH is this is CDH. Let's go. Yeah. Um. So you know what's coming, mm. but man, does it hurt! Like <laughs> you often, it's so painful. It's the kind of thing where you're when you're the stacks player, you watch someone untap, upkeep, draw, look at their hand. They spend like five minutes like looking at the lands, like going, like touching their face, like scrunching their eyes up and then they go, pass. <laughs> <laughs> They're just trying to think, is anything worth it? Can no. I do anything? Can I do anything at all? Yeah. The best, the best thing for a stacks player to see is the life finally leave your eyes <laughs> along with all of the hope and dreams you had about winning that game. It's so funny. It's like the opposite of how I play in all other magic, pretty much. But yeah, in CDH, I'm like, nah, I don't want to do combos. That's boring. I'll give me my stacks yeah. more. <laughs> Slow you down. But yeah, this is this is contributing to those longer games. And um, like, and, and stacks is common. Like, it is. I reckon. I mean, look, we have a we played our game store as we've said a couple of yeah. times recently. Um, mo- like ninety plus percent of our games are ninety percent plus of our games are played at a game store. That's our typical way. Mm. We have probably like like nine to ten players in total playing CDH. Most of which is like four of them playing the same every time. So like yeah. we have like a little bit of a meta. Um, but yeah, like most games that you'll see online and most games that you'll play, there'll be at least one stacks list at table. I would say. And I think that actually is good for um cdh games as well because it does add the variety to the table like it's always good to have like a really aggressive combo list with a really aggressive um combat damage list like cranko and then a stacks piece Mm. you know like it, it it makes the game interesting and you really have to think about in my opinion, it makes the game more interactive. I think so. Well, you, stack spaces are really interesting because sometimes, even though a stack space is slowing you down, it slows someone else down so much more that you should leave it. I've which is actually, like really interesting. I've counterspelled other people's spells, destroying my opponent's stuff because it hurts them more than it does me. Yeah, and I I agree. I think that's what makes CDH yeah. more interesting than just you, counterspells. Like, like that, that, like what we said right at the beginning, that it's you know you only do game actions that help you win. Mm. That is helping you win. Yes, because it's slowing your opponent down. Yeah, which gives you more opportunity to win. Yeah, yeah. no, I completely yeah, yeah. agree. Um, the other thing I think that is contributing to this like blowout in the stats, you know, going later games is. Yes, we have a lot of like very efficient low to the ground combos, but we also have a load of efficient low to the ground counter spells. I already asked you before. I, I said, oh, do, yeah. do you have all the free counter spells now? You said yes. James's con- Nivers of Control list is just counter spells. Like, there's lots of other stuff as well, yeah. but like 
Holy hell, there's got to be 30 plus counter spells in that deck. It's, I, yeah, 30 actually sounds like a really viable number. Accurate. Yeah, because like, I'm just like genuinely like force of will, pact of negation, fierce guardianship, counter spell, um, conflux. I'm genuinely, it just, it just, it just goes on and on and on and on. It's one of these, th- did I say conflux? Counter Counterflux, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Conflux is a five color card. Yes. That's that. It's also not CDH it's playable. Definitely not CDH playable. Yeah. But counter spells do drag games out, but they also serve another purpose in lists like mine, which just protect your win con. Because yes. it doesn't matter if you cast a pact of negation. Tr- and, and have to pay five mana in your upkeep if you're winning the game that turn. Yeah, never like, going to you're never gonna get to the upkeep. Yeah, so. no need to worry about it. It's yeah. true. Well, like, you know, if we can outline a sort of a typical CDH, like, let's say that someone is trying to win on this turn zero or turn one. Okay. And, you know, you can outline the many ways maybe in which you'd be able to stop it with no mana in from your Niv-Mizzet deck. Love a mental misstep. That's a, that's well, a good one. Well, I was just going to say, like, typical CH win con. Turn one, I managed to get a bunch of, you know, fast mana out, a bunch of rocks. I'm casting Tharsis Oracle with the ETB trigger on the stack. I cast them on a concentration. For those who don't know, it exiles your entire library. The Tharsis Oracle thing says, you've got no cards in your library, therefore you win the yeah. game. This is like the most efficient low to the ground CDH win con at the moment. It's um, the least amount of mana required to win. Yes. I think, in CDH and, and it's also moment. like, it's, it's difficult to stop in a way because like it's an act it's a triggered ability not a spell and you can bring the creature back and the the instant's only one mana but yeah a mental misstep straight up no mana two life counter spells that demonic consultation there and that's like and and yeah like you said you could have been like oh yeah um, mana vault into a something that um fixes mana so i can go double blue cast thassa's Casts demonic consultation. That yeah. can, that is a viable turn one. Yeah, it's, However, it's do- totally possible. Force of will, mental misstep. That yeah. just stops it. That yeah, immediately. And usually, if you get stopped trying to win that early in a CDH game, you're fucked. Well, yeah. that's that's probably empty hand. Like yeah. to have that many mana rocks and a land and consultation and stasis. Yeah. That's probably like five six cards in yeah. your hand. Yeah, you're screwed after that. You're probably screwed. But you know, you might win. And look, it ha- it does happen, but it's not happening all the time and and i think the the main thing that we do want to take away from this is like games going to turn five does not make cdh worse i think it makes it better right as a format i think so there's more to for me there's more spells to counter more people to disappoint yeah um but <laughs> stacks players love making the game go long but even as a player that wants to win on turn one turn two it, it makes for a more interesting a more interactive a better story as well. Like, remember, mm. like, we spoke about the social contract last episode. Yeah. Um, and we spoke about how the social contract of Commander is to have a fun and interactive game for everybody. Mm. If if everyone gets an opportunity to win and it's close, that's a fun game for everyone. Yeah, regardless of power level. Exactly. Even in CDH, that's going to be fun. Yeah, yeah, and if I win on turn zero and you've not even taken your turn yet, not really fun for you. Yeah. Like, I genuinely do think that, you know, even in CDH, uh, the, the longer the game... Before turn ten, um, <laughs> gotta draw the line somewhere. I gotta draw. I, I'm gonna start not enjoying myself after a certain point. Um, but then it's interesting. Like yeah. I was playing that Yashan stacks list the other day, and you, like you said, you won with Glenhorn Buccaneer. I did. I got it was around it. Really, a weird win. Like you literally had it to was, swing at someone. I had to do the math to the exact because I needed eight cards in hand on my discard step. Yes, because the way the Glenhorn Buccaneer works is when you discard a card, it does one damage to each opponent. I yes, think. and if you equip, if you enchant it with curiosity when it deals one damage to each opponent you draw three cards and the interesting bit about the cleanup step is it is a step that you have to revisit if abilities are put on the stack 
during it. So yeah. you kind of go back to it and you basically keep drawing and discarding until your opponents are dead or you draw out an instant win-win con or all that yeah. kind of stuff. And I had to, I remember you passed, you were on my right. Mm. I remember you passed the turn to me and I was like, hang on a minute. You sat there thinking for a good I, chunk of time. Yeah. Uh, and then it was interesting. You, you actually worked out that you hadn't won. <laughs> Because mm. you had seven cards in hand. I remember this. I and, totally remember this now. And then you went to combat. And like we were kind of like, ah, oh, you know, James has kind of realized it's all over. He's just going to get, get into some damage. He swung Glinhorn Buccaneer at Callum. And Callum was like a little bit confused. and was kind of like, oh, I, I won't block. Because he thought I had like a trick up my sleeve or something. Yeah, he thought there was some kind of weird combat trick. And it was like, nope, James deals combat damage to Callum, has eight cards in hand, moves to end step, combo, Wins. win the game. Yeah, yeah, that was super interesting. Yeah, because Glinhorn hits and with curiosity effect yep, on I drew the, the card, card. The one card that I needed. Yeah, it was eight, eight cards in hand. Yeah, yeah, I do remember that game. That was mm. really, really fun. It was a good one. It was a good one. Well, that's, I think we've probably covered like a lot of that part of CDH, which is, yeah, yeah again, it's not that fast. I think the other, the last thing I really want to hammer home um and, you know, I've got a bit of a vested interest here in making more of you play CDH, because I think it's really fun, is CDH is not scary or intimidating. Inherently. Inherently, yeah. Um, I mean, it is if you're playing against me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, James James will... will Absolutely annihilate you with the... <laughs> With the 100 hands that I have a sword in each oh, yeah. stab it, yeah. Yep, no, that sounds about right. Man, my voice is still croaky from that <laughs> skit. Um, no, I totally agree with you. I actually, I said to you um, a while ago, I can't remember w what situation we were in, I actually said something along the lines of, I'm having more casual interactions with people, like more jovial, more soft interactions with people at commander tables that are playing CDH because... The rule zero is everyone knows what they're getting into. Yeah. And you know exactly, like, all strategies are accepted. Mm. You're trying to win. Like, you're only going to do things that try and win. It's not really a political thing. So it's hard to be upset when someone stabs you in the back or plays a card that you don't like because you know what's coming. Yeah. It's interesting. It makes you realize, I think, because I, I totally agree with you. I, yeah. I had the same experience with CDH. It makes you realize how many of those kind of sour moments that happen in a game are uh, because there was a difference between someone's expectations of the game and someone's reality of the game. Yeah. And it often, we, we obviously preach rule zero a lot. I think we've uh, mentioned on this it podcast. in every episode. Probably, probably every episode. We think it's really important. We think it's really important. Everyone's having really balanced games. But yeah, when you rock up at a CDH table, again, assuming that you're all actually playing CDH Correct. as we outlined you have earlier. the interaction you have the acceleration yep. you've your got decks the from the guns. database yeah. you know like it's a legitimate strat that you're playing then yeah like it, it's very difficult to imagine a world in which you're going to have expectations that don't match your reality if yeah. you know about CDH and so yeah you, I can't think of a time when someone's been like oh I wish you didn't play that card or something the no. only ones that you get and even then it's more i feel like it's more people interrogating the the format itself is people being like oh i thought it was interesting when you counterspelled there because actually that stacks piece was helping you yeah so i thought maybe you'd counterspell the next spell like it's more like all of us again trying to solve the format yeah bit. and i i actually think generally we we've we did an episode on um rule infinity if you remember yes. where we talked about the conversation you have after a game of commander and and leading into new games and you know it's the it's the conversation that's always happening with commander not just the rule zero beforehand and i think i have more consistent and better rule infinity conversations with cdh players 
than any other player because they're much more like they'll offer you advice and they'll yeah. they'll say things like that like oh it was interesting when you counterspelled that or they'll say hey have you considered this card in your deck or mm. i'd take that card out if i was you or yeah. just something along those lines because the the format is meant to be as as top tier as you can get that commander to be mm. that's what you want it at yeah and it's better for all of the players at the table if your commander is that yeah and also like if if you are that so yeah, like the, the it's players, a mindset too yeah, yeah the, the, well and it's it's skill yeah. so like if all cdh players i'm gonna go out on a limb here and say all cdh players if they're taking the format seriously want the best possible players to play against as possible in their pods yeah because they want to really test the limits of their cards the limits of their magic game knowledge the limits of their like problem solving and so yeah after a game a, a really good cdh player is probably going to be like hey you played really well I really think you could have done something more like this and this and this, and that would have like made yeah. it more likely for you to win. Because they actually want you to be a really competitive player for them they, to go up against. CDH players love the whole, like when they're in the tank and they have to really think about how they're going to get out of this sticky situation before someone wins. They want that experience. And something that I've found is like CDH players generally, just like every other commander player, want a fun interactive game. Yeah. So they're not going to be playing cards that upset you. Like, or they're not going to be doing, they're not going out of their way to upset you. Mm. They're not like, because look, when I play casual, if I'm a political player, if we make an alliance, me and you, best bros, if you stab me in the back, oh, I don't care if I can kill that guy. I'm coming for you, buddy. <laughs> like, I, I'm that type of player in casual. But yep. in CDH, I'm like, I'm playing a win here. Yeah. Whereas, like, in casual, you can get those situations where you're doing the spite plays or the, mm. you killed my thing, so in response, swords. You yeah. know, swords your commander or just out of response. Well, it's interesting, though, because you... you I, I totally agree that you get a lot less of that pol politics stuff in CDH, but it does still appear. I was watching a game mm. just the other day where um, it's, it's, it's not so much politics in, like... Like, you alluded to an alliance there between two players. You don't really yeah. see that in CDH. And golden tickets are a thing. If, you, if you've never heard of a golden ticket before, it's usually when like you make a deal with someone and they get the opportunity to make a decision for you in the in the game yes which is a golden ticket that never happens no it never happens in cdh yeah um but like i was watching a game where someone was um i think they were going they were trying to cast silence and um they kind of like everyone knows if you're casting silence on your turn silence basically locks your opponents out from casting spells this yeah. turn um, if someone is on their turn casting silence, you know they're probably going to try and win that turn, right? Yeah. That's like it's a very key goal. indicator. If that resolves and you can't cast spells, means you can't counter spell. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, and so, like, the, the, the table kind of spoke to each other and were like, "Okay, I don't think we have an answer for this. Um, can we find one?" And they were sort of looking at each other's boards and they were like, "Oh, actually, um, I have a, a mystical tutor in hand, and you have the ability to make me draw a card over there." I'll tutor a, a way to stop this. I'll tutor this. a way to stop this if you let me draw a card. That's nuts. Yeah. And so, like, you know, that alliance lasted yeah. only for that decision, but that meant that they, they continued to play the game. And again, like we said earlier yeah. in the CDH.guide, players only make decisions that help them win the game. And in, my, in, in that situation, me allowing you to draw a card to stop someone else winning helps me win. Yeah, it's more likely that I'm going to yeah. win. Like, I have a 0% chance of winning if, you know, this guy wins, but I have maybe a 30% chance of winning if he doesn't. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah, or at I'll the very least, lots. a 25% chance. Because yeah, you, yeah, exactly right. I, I'm, really, um, I'm really interested in that whole, like, politics bit of, like, how alliances don't work. Would you say, as a general rule, in CEDH, 
any kind of politics is usually an action that lasts for an action. It's not like an ongoing thing. There's not like a rule. It's not like, it's not like one of those things we do this all the time is like, I'll do this for you if you don't attack me for three turns. Yeah, you never see that. You, you never, see, never that. see that. I think I think a really good way to think about CDH politics, if you're going into, if you're a new player trying CDH, I think if you're going to try and implement some politics, try and think it's going to be this one thing and the, it has to be all tied up in a bow and done now. Yeah, it's a, it's like a one-for-one one trade. Yes. Like, I'll give you this if you give me this. Like, yeah. that's that's the end of the trade. It's not like, a, I'll give you this and later you can give me. No, definitely no, not. No. But I will say, like, you know, just because there's not going to be much politics in your game of CDH, if you're new and you want to give it a go, and I we both highly recommend that you give it a go. Do it. And it, and one of the coolest things about um, CDH players generally, when they've got a lot of proxy decks floating around, they don't really care about lending those out because they're usually proxies. They're no. fine. Even I will sit with you and watch you play my CDH and miss it there. Only a couple of people so far have ever piloted it. Yeah. Um, but I would be happy to introduce you to this metagame in, in Commander. Totally. And and that this is sort of what I'm alluding to is like, just because you're playing a competitive format does not mean the people are going to be like cutthroat and like judging you and like, you know, intimidating you or anything. Like, like we said, it's not scary or intimidating. It's fun. It's still uh. regular commander. You're still playing with regular commander players. And um, if you want an example, I actually watched a fantastic video recently. Um, Tolarian Community College, who we love, obviously. Yeah. The professor, he's fantastic. We're best friends with him now that we're on an official <laughs> uh, podcasting <laughs> distribution yeah. network. We can dream. Um, <laughs> the, he has this fantastic series called Shuffle Up and Play. I don't know if you've seen any of these. They're, they're basically like a super casual... They play heaps of different formats. Yeah, though, right? they play yeah. Like basically every format That's at this so point. Cool. Um, and just the other day, they had a game... Um, Prof actually didn't play in it. They had a CDH game that was on there. Uh, it had Jim from the Spike Feeders was in yep. the game. Um, they had Hire from playing with Power. Yeah, um, sixth his... channel, by the way. Highly yeah, recommend pl- playing, playing with Power. Yeah, playing with Power is really, really good. Yeah, for this uh, they, topic. They had someone from Play to Win, which is another really big another CDH great CDH channel. Another channel, yeah. Um, I forget who the other player was, but she's like a, a well-known like professional Magic player. And she was in also like in Pro the Tour game. kind of level. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm not really super familiar with her, but she was like, yeah, in the, in the game. Very, very strong. Um... And yeah, like, it's a super interactive, super competitive game, but they're just, like, laughing and having a really good time, and just, it reminded me a lot of the games of CDH that we play together, that we play at our store, where it's, you know, it's just Commander, but you don't have a rule zero, and you're all trying to play to win. That's basically it. Yeah, and something I'll stress again is, like, I know it, you know, hearing the word competitive sometimes scares people, but you're actually not in a competition. When have you played CDH, other than our own CDH tournament that we ran where there were prizes on the line, when are you playing CDH for anything other than fun? You know what I mean? Like competitive Elder Dragon Highlander is just commander that's a very specific mind state and a very specific way of winning. Mm. But you're not competing for anything, so you're not going to go up against the spike that gets tilted in a tournament or anything like You're not paying $50 to play in this, so you need to win to recoup that money you spent on this event. You're not going to encounter that mindset, it's true. Well, funnily enough, my understanding is the reason that there's not Wizards-sanctioned competitive events like GPs and stuff that are playing CDH is then proxies would not be allowed. Yeah. So you're, then, you're talking about cutting out like, you know, 80% of the CDH player base. It's just going to be like, well, can't play in that. <laughs> you know what I would love to see though? I would love to see an MTG personalities CDH tournament. Like I'd love to mm. see Josh, Jimmy, Prof, 
um you know play the playing with power guys yeah um i'd love to see post malone maybe play posty would smash this um <laughs> but like all of them the people that could afford it and actually do a real legitimate cdh tournament go on like a big stage that would be cool actually yeah, yeah. all right wizards like of the coast too. um team if if you had that idea <laughs> um james avaro's melbourne australia just uh fly <laughs> me out i'll comment in touch email him. Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah for sure well, look, we, we've covered some some of the misconceptions that we often encounter with CDH, but again, we we are not authorities. We've played a bunch together, we've played a bunch with some other people, and the main thing that we hope you're taking away from this episode is it's really fun. Go proxy up a deck, go borrow a deck, and go play some CDH. Do even, it. Do it. And even if you only play five games, like the, the Space Commander said, right, play, like, correct your misconceptions about CDH mm. so that you can know where to find it, and know where to avoid it. If you don't enjoy it, don't play it. Yeah, like, 100%. But and know what it is first. Yeah. Understand it. Don't and be scared of it. Play five games. Yeah. If after five games you're not having fun, just drop it, right? Yeah. And five games, I'd, I'd reckon that's a really good um, number. And try and see if you can get five games with different decks and different strategies. Because yeah. your experience, like we've discussed, your experience with a stacks deck is going to be a lot more painful and long and drawn out than some aggressive combo decks or something like that. It's totally true. So look, David asked us, should CDH be its own format? I think we agree. No. No, no, right? no, it no, shouldn't. It shouldn't. CDH is commander. It's just a different way to play. It's like we were talking about earlier in the, the CDH guide. It's a mindset. Yeah. It's a, um, I forget the other thing they said. It's a uh, mindset and it's also... We're furiously looking at the script. And metagame. A metagame, metagame and a that's mindset. it. Yeah. So Which look, I totally agree with. I yeah. think that's a really good way of it's a thinking way of, about it. A way of playing, right? Yeah. And uh, look, sometimes it's fun to wear different commander mindsets like little hats. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> All right, well, space commanders. Command received. <laughs> Told you we'd be doing it every episode. <laughs> Um, I, I am, I, I can't wait till we get on camera for these episodes because yeah. I, I am genuinely saluting, he's, he's saluting the space commander. saluting the space commanders. James is definitely higher up in their rankings, I think. I'm, I'm, you know, I, I click my heels when they come down from space. <laughs> All right. Well, look, we've been with the space commanders for a bit. Um, but listeners, we want to know what you think about, um, CDH. Do you feel commanded now? Have you played CDH before? And most importantly, are you going to give it a go? Don't be scared. Yeah. It's and not what you don't... It's not what you think. Go play some. Comment on the video and let us yeah. know how you went. Let us know what you played, yeah. whether you won, whether you lost, you know, yeah. what you learned, all that kind of stuff. Well, uh, it is our new tradition now... Correct. ...to Planeswalk. We've been with the Space Commanders for a while. Let's light our spark and, and go somewhere else. Out of space. We're back to Earth. Uh, I have just started a improv class. Oh, very nice. I've done three sessions. Um, it's with a guy who used to do shows with my dad. My, oh, family friend. <laughs> my dad used to do like improv. Well, he worked with this company and he used to do a bunch of theater stuff back in the day. Cool. So it had the kind of funny thing of rocking up and the guy was like, are you Greg's son? And I was like, yeah. And he went, oh, good. And he gave me a hug. <laughs> You're going to be the star pupil. Uh, yeah, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> A couple of times he's like, he's asked me, like we were doing Buto, which is like a Japanese style of performance. And he was like, oh, well, you might know Buto. And I was like, no. And I was, and I was kind of like trying to think why he thought that. And I was like, oh, dad knows Buto. <laughs> so, just... I'm really curious. I have to, what, what is Buto? It, uh, it sounds like Bushido, but I know we're planeswalking now. So. Well, we actually did something in our last session. He sort of like described it, um, the teacher, as kind of Japan's response to ballet. So like ballet is very like like sort of very light it's very like jumping and yeah. like 
acrobatic in the air. Yep. And Buto is sort of like, like, it's very beautiful and very detailed, but it's very grounded. So it's like this really fine, detailed sort of dancey theatre style. Interesting. So like the, the exercise we did that was Buto that he was teaching us, or, you know, it's quite a version of Buto that he was aware of, mm-hmm. um, was we were like standing at the back of the room and we were crouched down a little bit and we had to... Imagine that we were standing on railroad tracks. So we had our feet really close together. Right. Standing on railroad tracks, but they're razors. So you can feel them cutting into your feet. So you're, you know that like each foot has its own balance. No, no, like you're on razor blades. Oh. Like your, your feet are being cut, but you, oh. have to, you have to walk on these railroads. Simultaneously, in your mouth, you can feel the wind blowing through the cypress trees. Right. <laughs> and in your stomach, there's a fish. And the so you have of, to embody that yes, and, feeling. Yes, and you're a tree. So you have to hold the position of a tree. Like, you imagine your hands on branches. And then you have to walk very slowly towards the front of the stage. And the, the prompt that you have is the fish in your stomach is starting to swim out. And it's pulling you by your stomach. So you have to lead with your belly button kind of well, thing. But, but it's, like, small. Like, all of this is happening, but you can't move. So you have to walk very, very, very slowly by sliding your feet on the floor Ooh. while holding these positions. And you have to be as vividly as you possibly can imagining your feet are on razor blades. There's a fish in your, in your stomach that's leading you by out of your stomach. You, there's wind in your cypress trees. Oh, and you're, in your head, there's falling leaves. I, for those not <laughs> in the room, I'm like wiggling my head trying to embody that. Anyway, that's really interesting. That's Buto. Look, the, the main thing I wanted to share about the the class though is because it's probably because it's being run by a guy who's about my dad's age. Everyone in this class, bar maybe like one person, has to be at least twenty years older than me. Most of them are probably like sixty to seventy. What a great way to keep active. Well, yeah, and also it makes me realize how self conscious people our age are. Because, like, I've done acting classes, I've done, like, acting stuff, and it's quite difficult to get, like, 20, 30-year-old performers to stop... Drop that shame. Well, and and stop trying to do everything like you're trying to be really cool Um, or really, like, kind of hot. And, like, there's just, like, there's... It's quite difficult when you're that age to drop the ego and just try and embody the thing you're doing. These 70-year-olds don't give a fuck. 60 to 70-year-old people are just like, no... I'll do it. Yeah. I'll do whatever. So, like, we start the class and he's like, okay, your primary mover is your shoulder. And everyone's just moving. Everyone's just, like, dancing in the space. And there's just, like, there's not a single moment of someone being, like, a bit awkward, like, looking around to see if everyone's watching. They're just, like, immediately straight into it. It's just, like, it's beautiful. I think older people are fantastic. And That's I fantastic. I spend more time with them. I'm I'll, glad I'm, I am for the next nine weeks. It's look, good. maybe I'll um, slip in to a class maybe oh. see, if, see if I can I'll have to ask if I'm allowed <laughs> see, see if you can get me on the invite list the invite list <laughs> you know oh. you're the star pupil maybe interesting I, I love that that's so cute yeah. I um, and I want to remind you that um, in our question and answer one you actually said that acting was something that in your five year plan you wanted to you owe the creative industry well, theatre, yeah. Theatre, writing, performing yeah. whatever it might be is something you want to pursue and I'm, I'm glad to hear that you're um Baby you're really steps. you're really putting into it. Yeah, no, it's been really fun. I'm looking forward to to doing some more, and also obviously magic. But yeah, yeah, good little planeswalk to improv. I think I love that. <laughs> what a good little planeswalk. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for listening to us uh, rambling. Uh, we'll catch you in the next one. Yeah, I can't wait. Goodbye, Commander players. Bye.